0: Welcome to this episode of the National Police Association podcast number 17. Anti-police policies blamed for rising crime in New York, man who tried to kill a state trooper receives no prison time, officers under fire, federal program helps local police departments. From New York City, PJ Media reports former police commissioner Bernard Carrick appearing on Fox & Friends, Weekend with Hosted Henry blamed Mayor Bill de Blasio in the city council for a recent spike in violent crime, murder investigations in 2019 spiked 9,4 percent this year. I don't blame the NYPD, I blame the mayor, I blame the city council, I blame the people that promote the anti-cop rhetoric, Carrick said, they took stop question and frisk away from the cops, they took enforcement out of law enforcement. Recently, a college freshman girl was robbed and murdered on her way to class. A 13-year-old boy was arrested and charged with the crime. Carrick believes the killing is a graphic example of a decline in the quality of life in New York City. We're going right back to where we were, he told Henry. This homicide is reminiscent of the things that went on back in the 1970s, 80s, and 90s, and people ignore it. Not people, the city's liberal elite, who live in well-patrolled safe neighborhoods see criminals preying on the innocent as a small price to pay for tolerance and understanding criminals, Carrick said he felt badly for former Mayor Michael Bloomberg's police commissioner, Ray Kelly, during the stop-and-frisk era. You know, they continued the policies that Rudy Giuliani put in place, it was aggressive policing, and I do understand that Mayor Bloomberg enhanced the stop-and-frisk, those numbers, substantially probably too much, there wasn't enough oversight there. The stops, can be abused, Carrick said. But, at the end of the day, the men and women in the NYPD have to have the ability to do the job that they are here to do, and, when you take the tools away to do that job, crime is going to rise, he said. There is a balance that has to be maintained between civil liberties and public safety, no one is denying that, but when the pendulum swings too far either way, The public isn't being served. Bill de Blasio and the city council think nothing of making the jobs of police more difficult, or even impossible, in fact, they agree with activists who think that police should virtually stop policing certain minor crimes, some have even called for disarming the police, all of this not only prevents the cops from protecting the community but puts a bull's eye on their backs, while the number of murders of police is down this year. Part of that decline could be less policing of high-crime areas as several major cities have initiated rules for CUPS that are so onerous that police try to avoid conflict at the expense of keeping the public safe. Most police continue to put themselves in harm's way, but when prominent politicians start sounding like anti-police activists, you have to wonder how long that will continue. From Jeffersonville, Indiana. Blue Lives Matters reports an 81-year-old man convicted of the attempted murder of an Indiana State police trooper will serve no jail time and was sentenced to 25 years of home incarceration on Thursday in Clark County. Oscar Case was convicted of shooting Indiana State trooper Morgan Evans in the head during a traffic stop on December 12, 2017 near the intersection of West Park Place and Jefferson Street in Jeffersonville. The incident took place just after 7 p.m. When Trooper Evans stopped a gray 1999 Chevrolet Silverado pickup for a traffic violation, investigators said Trooper Evans administered a field sobriety test on Kays and was attempting to put the man in handcuffs to take him in for a certified chemical test when the then 79-year-old driver became combative, the News and Tribune reported. Kays then pulled out a 22 caliber handgun and shot Trooper Evans in the head, police said. After he was shot, Trooper Evans returned fire and then briefly tried to pursue Case, who fled the scene in his pickup, but Case ultimately escaped. Trooper Evans contacted dispatch and said that shots had been fired and he was hit. Additional police units flooded the area, and quickly found Case at his residence on Houston Drive. The News and Tribune reported, Trooper Evans was rushed to a local hospital. Fortunately, the bullet fired by Case had only grazed Trooper Evans' head and he survived. Police said, Trooper Evans has been with the state police since October of 2016. Case greeted responding officers to his home with a shotgun. According to the News and Tribune, he eventually put the gun down and allowed himself to be taken into custody and transported to the hospital for some superficial injuries he had acquired during the incident. Case was charged with a Level 1 felony for attempted murder, a Level 3 felony for aggravated battery, and a Level 6 felony for resisting arrest. The News and Tribune reported, he was initially held in the Clark County Jail in lieu of a 1000000 million cash-only bond, but in July 0 2018, high-S attorneys filed a combined motion that notified the court of Kay's intention to use the insanity defense at trial and to ask for a competency hearing to determine his mental fitness to stand trial, the News and Tribune reported, the attorneys had repeatedly called into question Kay's physical health and mental health. They also requested a bond reduction based on the octogenarian's health in February, but Judge Drew Adams refused to rule on that motion until after the multiple evaluations that had been ordered could be completed, the News and Tribune reported. After 18 months in the Clark County Jail, Kays got his reprieve from Senior Judge Sheila Blau. Blau signed a sealed order for Kays' release that allowed the would-be cop killer to enjoy the benefits of home incarceration. The News and Tribune report, Case was assigned to home incarceration level 1, which means he will have to wear an electronic ankle bracelet, get regular at-home visits from staff, and may only leave his home for doctor's appointments, meetings with his attorneys, and court, a representative from Clark County Pre-Trial Services told the News and Tribune, Senior Judge Stephen Fleece convicted Case of attempted murder and resisting arrest, Case was acquitted on the aggravated battery charge. Fleece sentenced the octogenarian to 25 years of home incarceration. Law enforcement supporters were horrified that the attempted cop killer wouldn't spend any more time behind bars, but Kay's attorney, Brian Butler, has claimed the octogenarian suffers from Alzheimer's disease and dementia, and will not survive more than a quarter of his sentence anyway. Prosecutor Jeremy Mull said that Kay's got the break of a lifetime when the judge sentenced him to home incarceration. But Case remained committed to his self defense argument. I never got no break, I don't think, Case told reporters as he left the courtroom after his sentencing. In addition to house arrest, the authorities will check his home periodically for firearms, which Case is prohibited from having as a convicted felon. From our nation's capital, W.T.O.P., reports say Washington man has been charged after he opened fire on two reserve police officers, police said. The man was hiding in a wooded area near the intersection of Hawaii Avenue and Varnum Street Northeast when he opened fire on a pair of reserve officers in a police car just before 4 p.m., Police Chief Peter Newsham said in a news conference, The man was identified Friday as Delvin Pollard, and he has been charged with assault with intent to kill, assault on a police officer and unlawful possession of a firearm looks like he t to assassinate a couple of our police officers newsham said the officers reported the shooting and went after the suspect a little while later the officers arrested a man in possession of a weapon nearby nobody was injured during the incident newsham called the actions of the reserve officers heroic newsham said that the reserve officers were shot at when they were getting back into their vehicle after visiting the 7-Eleven in the 300 block of hawaii avenue Northeast. As they were getting into their vehicle, they heard shots being fired in their direction, Newsham said. The officers took cover and immediately called for backup. They said that they did not return fire because they were concerned. It was rush hour, and they saw all the traffic on Taylor Street, so they were concerned that they might strike one of those commuters, he added. Newsham called their response impressive. Our Reserve Corps members really don't get enough credit for what they do, Newsham said volunteer police officers are fully trained DC police officers who have gone through the academy and serve in a volunteer capacity. Part of it is they want to give back to the community where they live. Newsham said, and I think the other part about it is that some of them always wanted to be police officers and they fell into different professions. This gives them the opportunity not only to help their community, but to do something that they always wanted to do. From Arizona, The Livingston Ledger reports President Trump wants to revive a program that deputizes local law enforcement to help federal immigration agents cast a wider net. It's part of his vow to increase deportations of unauthorized immigrants, it's called the 287G program, and nowhere was it put into practice more aggressively than in Maricopa County by former Sheriff Joe Arpaio, Arpaio who became renowned for his severe and sometimes demeaning methodology with prisoners, pink underwear and thick, black and white horizontal prison stripes for men and chain gangs for incarcerated women, but it was in immigration enforcement that the sheriff started to acquire notoriety. The program was created in 1996, but local law enforcement agencies were slow to participate. After SEPT, 11, 2001, the pace picked up a bit. Around the country, A few dozen local law enforcement agencies designated a handful of their officers to pull double duty as deputized immigration agents. It wasn't all that popular nationally, in part because local departments had to pay the expenses for travel and weeks of lodging for their officers to get federal immigration agent training, but it sure was a hit in Maricopa County. By 2007, immigration enforcement had become Arpaio's priority. With 160 of his deputies outrating businesses and targeting Hispanic neighborhoods around Phoenix, Arpeo also formed what he called his posse, hundreds of predominantly white citizen volunteers, I was a little aggressive because when I enforce the law, I don't just do it, if you're going to do something, you do it, he says, and it was working pretty good until they took that away from me. Arpaio estimates his deputies were responsible for 25% of all the unauthorized immigrants detained in the 287G program nationally during those years, but his aggressive enforcement practices created an uproar in the county's Hispanic neighborhoods. Alessandra Soler, Executive Director of the ACLU in Arizona Says the complaints began flooding into their office. Soler says the agreements between Immigration and Customs Enforcement were designed to target unauthorized immigrants involved in criminal activity, people who are involved in narcotics trafficking, people who are involved gang activity that is resulting in criminal activity. Soler says, but the reality was that he was arresting corn vendors and day laborers. The ACLU and the Mexican American Legal Defense Fund sued Arpaio, accusing him of on a mass scale that brown skin had become enough probable cause for someone to be pulled over and questioned about their legal status. A federal judge eventually agreed with that assessment and participation in the 287G program around the country began to wither. But now, Trump wants to re-energize the program. It does help us. One place that might happen is in Pinal County in South Central Arizona. Mark Lamb is newly elected sheriff there and is open to the idea. Pinal County currently is participating in the 287G program but only on the incarceration side, so his deputies aren't out acting as immigration agents while on patrol, but when Lam’s deputies do arrest an unauthorized immigrant for an alleged crime, the deputies in his jail are trained to ask the right questions. That program allows us to hold those people until ICE can come in and take custody of those people. LAM says, it does help us because we're able to protect our community and not put people that are committing crimes back out on the street, it's the CINCA. This news brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how you can help law enforcement accomplish its goals visit nationalpolice.org.